0: welcome to restaurant influencers presented by entrepreneur my name is sean walchef founder of cali bbq and cali bbq media in life and in the restaurant business and in the new creator economy we learn through lessons and stories we are so fortunate today uh you know i have to pinch myself every time that i get one of these interviews because our goal is to connect with Hospitality professionals all over the globe. Our goal is to connect with the greatest storytellers on earth. Today, we have one of those professionals. She is a celebrity chef. She's a restaurateur. She's a cookbook author. A television personality. She's a philanthropist, and she has a hunt. She has three hundred and 23,000 followers on Instagram, 253,000 followers on Facebook, 33,000 followers on X, which is formerly known as Twitter. Uh, It is none other than Chef Manit Shohan. Thank you so much for being here. It is truly an honor to have you on the show.
1: Wow, that sounds amazing, Sean. I'm like, I'm just saying that, you know what, you do the talking, you're doing wonders for my ego. I'm just going to sit here and listen. This sounds so amazing.
0: I am I am so impressed obviously with your background with the work that you've done in the culinary space and the restaurant space in the media space you know we turned our barbecue business into a media business and our goal is to teach the industry how many opportunities there are to think beyond a restaurant profit and loss statement and I would love for us to to start with our favorite random question which is where in the world is your favorite stadium stage or venue
1: Ooh, wow, that's a tough one. You know, um, I mean, uh, being in Nashville, I would say Bridgestone, right? I mean, okay. that's like you know, th- that's that's my uh, my home. So Bridgestone. Uh, we've also seen some incredible uh, shows over here. So, so I would say Bridgestone. But you know, um, there is uh, uh, Chicago. God, it was the first concert I had ever seen Aerosmith in ni- in. In 2000, uh, I forgot the name of It's just the name is escaping me, but that also has some really special memories.
0: Well, since your restaurants are in Nashville, we're going to stay in Nashville. We're going to go to Bridgestone. Uh, We're going to talk to Entrepreneur. We're going to talk to Toast, our primary technology partner. They sponsor this show. Um, And we're going to figure out a way to get hospitality. People that are playing the game within the game, people that really want to level up their storytelling, level up. How do you open up more restaurants? How do you do really cool things in the food space? And uh, we're going to put a TEDx style conference. You know, I I love conferences. Conferences, I love trade shows, but sometimes there's too many panels. And what I want is, I just want you to have the mic, and I want you to come on the center court and let us know who are you and what do you believe.
1: Whoa, that's that's a uh, that's a tough question. Um, who am I? I am. I think I am just a human being who loves food, because food is one of the most profound connections I have found with people around the world. It is a language, it is a conversation that transcends um That transcends country, it transcends gender, it transcends belief, because the love of food is one common language that binds the whole world together. And that is something which I have noticed since I was a really, really young kid. So um, that is who I am. I am, uh, you know, um, I, I am a mom. Uh, I am a daughter. I am a sister. I am a wife. I am a friend. I am. I'm just. I'm just a regular, you know, girl next door who who loves food. That's the only thing that differentiates me from other people.
0: Can you bring us back? We're recording this in January of 2024. Can you bring us back to India? You wrote on one of your posts, we are all but small cogs in a big wheel of this beautiful world. And you said that was your 2024 mantra. Can you bring us back to India and uh, what what you took away from, from going back?
1: Uh, I just came back from India. So I, I spent around three weeks in India. I took the kids over there. Um, and, you know, it's really interesting. I was born in India. I grew up in India. I spent, uh, you know, uh, the majority of my childhood over there. Um, and, um, you know, you, you take things for granted when you're over there. And then when you leave and you come over here, uh, they, there are a lot of things that I really absolutely love and appreciate about, um, uh, you know, being here in America. But to me, what I really miss about being in India, is the sensory overload that place is, right, from the time you land. I remember we landed and we were in the car going over to my parents' uh, place and, you know, they were horns honking, there was so much of sound, there was so much, and my daughter is like, what's going on over here? And I'm like, that's the beauty of India, from colors to textures to sounds to smells, Um it it's it's what india is it's like it's your first perception is this is complete chaos right <laughs> but it makes sense right like the three lane road has six cars on it maybe a you know a a, a buffalo a cow a, a goat a rickshaw a a, a tuk tuk or an auto rickshaw but it just makes sense and that amazing harmony, that symphony in this chaos is what I love about India. So what I walked away with this time was that, you know, things don't need to be like, you know, we as chefs, as restauranteurs, we need everything in control. Everything needs to be in grasp. Organized chaos. No, yeah. I need to know what is happening each and every second of the day. But to me, the fact is that things work without there being a plan. You just go with the flow. I think that was a very profound moment for me when I realized that, you know what, things will just fall into place. Just enjoy the moment rather than being worried about what the next one hour is going to be or what the next two hour is. Live in the moment. And I think that was one of the biggest uh, learnings that I walked away with this year.
0: That's uh, beautiful. I I remember traveling with my grandfather. He was Bulgarian. And, you know, when I was, uh, I was, I was studying abroad in Spain and he came to pick me up, but he didn't have a plan. And I just, I couldn't understand how were we going to spend six months traveling from Western Europe to Eastern Europe without a plan. And yet somehow magically things worked out and we came away with so many lessons, so many stories. How often do you go back to India?
1: we try to go at least once a year but but because of uh, you know the pandemic this was this was the first time we were going after 2019. so 2019 i went there to do research for my book um and it was a short trip and i'm like oh i'm going to be coming back it was in march and i'm like yeah i'll be back with the kids in december uh no didn't happen
0: what did you learn when you were doing your book research
1: You know what, Um, I've always been a big fan of street food vendors growing up in India. Uh, you know, we used to take trains. So summer holidays, winter holidays, there used to be de- uh, these train journeys. These train journeys are unlike the train journeys over here. The windows were open, the doors were open. It would take three days, two nights. Um, the local vendors of all the small stations we would stop at would come to sell their wares over there. And I I just love those journeys because I got to taste the diversity of the, the cuisine of India through these trains. So from Eastern India to Southern India, each and every train stop, I would remember that I would look forward to Chennai. I need to have my curd rice. I need to have my lemon rice. I need to have my, uh, you know, um, tamarind rice. So I would remember these stations by the food. Um, And, uh, you know, I always loved that. So uh, my idea was to recreate, uh, you know, those journeys, to capture those flavors, to capture those memories. But when I went back, the one thing which I really, really, uh, you know, uh, walked away w- was this profound appreciation for these street food vendors because they have very limited resources, Yeah. right? Yeah. They have these small, uh, either it's a small basket on their head or it is a small cart. That's what they're cooking in. That's what they're making. It's delicious. It's fresh. And I'm like, you know, at times we as chefs start, we're like, oh, I can't make good food because I do not have this. BS, right? If people with limited resources and limited means and create these unforgettable flavors, then we as chefs, it's our fiduciary responsibility to make sure that we are creating those flavors and presenting it. Otherwise, we shouldn't be calling ourselves chef- chefs. So I think that was my, my biggest you know, thing that I walked away with. Uh, just like, you know, um, it's it's not the resources, it is your imagination. It is how you overcome obstacles that come your way. Um, and if you call yourself a chef, then produce a delicious dish
0: it's magical i would love for you to share you you made a post that says does your camera eat first? And it was a, uh, it was it was very it was very cute and endearing because it was you and your son asking if you were in photo mode or video mode, and I laughed. And you know I have I have small children. I have a six year old boy, a four year old girl, but they love doing videos because we're always what we call smartphone storytelling. We bring our culture, our village. When I go to Bulgaria every year with my wife, we go to her village, but we're sharing the food, we're sharing the culture, and my kids they see me making videos and they go. Oh dad I want to go and pick the cucumber or pick the tomato but I for you as somebody that has done so much media and food network chopped all of the things that you do you still find the time to do it yourself what tell bring us through that journey of of when did you first start making videos on your phone and posting them <laughs>
1: I mean, I I think it's been like seven eight years, pretty much, when Instagram started. Mm-hmm. I think I am most I am most active on Instagram because I find it a very um, positive platform to just to just talk with people and to to share because you know whatever I do, I'm very excited about it, right? If I'm eating <laughs> something, I'm excited about it. Like this morning, it's snowing. It's really. Like it's it's miserable outside. Right. But I'm like, oh, I want to eat flattened rice and poha. OK, let's make it. Let's document it. Let's share it. And then I kept on having all of these messages coming. You know, some of my friends, they are texting. They're like, OK, I'm making the poha. I was inspired by it. But this is what I don't have. And I'm like, OK, do this. So to me, it's a form of conversation. Um, It is the pride of sharing something. So yes, when I was in India, like my kids, both my daughter and my son, they are like, can we just eat this food? And I'm like, no, 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 no. The camera eats first. Um, And again, I think it's it's because I am excited about it. It is something that I think is worth sharing. Uh, There were so many people who reached out to me while I was in India and they're like, thank you so much for sharing uh, your journey. And at times I wonder if I'm sharing too much. Uh, but but it is like, you know, they are like a, a lot of people who said that we might, you know, India looks amazing, but I don't think I'll ever get the opportunity yeah. to to make that journey. So to get to see it through your eyes uh is is incredible. So I think that's what inspires me. It's just that connection with people is is just that the foundation of doing anything that I do.
0: Do you remember your aha moment when you realized the power of social media with your career, with connection?
1: Ah, uh, I don't think there's been an aha moment. I think it's just been a, progression like it's it's just been it's something that has evolved it's very organically evolved right it's nothing that I am like you know um, if I was smarter I would have somebody who is uh, you know uh, handling my social media because they would give me you know techniques or numbers or or whatever but in the end what I realized is then I would lose the connection. Then, then why am I doing social media? Then it becomes another way of, like, maybe monetizing it. But I, I do not want to because this, this is something which makes me feel good. It, it makes me, um, like, uh, so, so yeah. I don't think there's been an aha moment. Uh, I think it's been, it's been an evolution. But I think one of the biggest, like, when I won TOC two, I think uh, I saw a lot of, um, new people finding me and connecting with me and me having different conversations as opposed to the people who usually follow me.
0: Yeah. When you talk about building community, it is difficult when you have a thousand followers. It's must be insane when you have hundreds of thousands of followers. How how do you do it? How do you manage?
1: Just be real. Right. Because if you if you put a different facade, like to me, one of my favorite things that I do on Instagram is, you know, the before and after. Uh, Right. And this is like makeup I'm talking about. Right. And it's important for me because I have a daughter who's 12 years old and she sees uh, television all the time. And I need her to know that, you know what? It is, this is what a real person is, and you do not need to hide it. I love getting my you know hair, makeup done. I love it. But most of my media video, videos are looking like this, right? I barely have had time to like put lipstick on and earrings on, and I'm like, okay, this is who I am. This is the real me. Um, so so to me, I think it is, you know, when you reach a certain stage and a certain number of followers, you also have a responsibility to show the truth, right? It cannot be all smoke and mirrors. It's not. It's beyond that, and I think it's you know it's it's like even today this this morning when I put on uh, when I put this video on, and my mom is hilarious. She she like she saw she saw the reel and she texted me. She's like at least put on some lipstick. I'm like, mom, come on, this is what it is. I'm not, I'm in my pajamas and I'm like, it's snowing outside. I'm not going to put it on because this is the truth. And that's what it's all about.
0: Well, my, uh, my media mentor teaches me that the truth vibrates the fastest. It is yeah. the, it is the quickest way to get to the essence of not only who you are, but the things that you're trying to connect to the people you're trying to connect with. And, uh, obviously for you, you've made such an impact on so many people can you bring us into your restaurant journey when when was the first the first restaurant number 1 bring us bring uh, us to to opening day of of number 1
1: november 18
0: 2014 there we
1: go nashville um chohan Allen masala house we are opening the restaurant and uh, my husband and I, we are business partners. Both of us are not there at the opening because that day at five o'clock in the morning, our son decided to be born three months early. No way. Major surgery, you kind of have to be in the hospital, I think so. Um But that is it. That is literally how so Vivek and I, we always joke that we had twins on uh, on November 18, 2014. It was the birth of the restaurant, the birth of our son. Um, He decided, I guess he wanted to be a part of the party, but didn't realize that he actually would have to be in the NICU for three months. Mm -hmm. And it was a really um, it it was an interesting time for us because we, um, uh, you know, we were we were living in New York. The idea was to open a restaurant in Nashville. Uh, once the restaurant is going, you know, uh, go back to New York, uh, have a baby and then commute back. Right. Uh, our son had completely different plans for us. He's like, no, nope, I'm going to be a Nashvilleian, and that's what I'm going to do. So uh, so that's that's what it was. Um it was two big moments of our life happening on one day. Uh, so, so uh, nowadays also on November eighteenth, we've just celebrated our ninth birthday, our son and the restaurant. And I've never been there for a single, uh, you know, uh, restaurant birthday because uh, because uh, we are celebrating our son's birthday. But yeah, it was. Um, it was an interesting story to say. And of course we named our son karma because he was born with, you know, his own karma. So, so yeah, that's, that's what it is.
0: That is a beautiful story. And it's something that, as restaurant tours, I don't think we talk enough about I'm So ha- I'm grateful that you shared that story because as husbands, wives, we work so hard in the hospitality business to provide for our communities, to provide for our village, to give back to our teams. But very, very, very rarely do we take care of ourselves in that journey for you. What was the biggest challenge outside of the NICU, the three months of just from a business standpoint of this was the first time that this was your business.
1: I think the biggest challenge was that uh this was my, this is my namesake restaurant right it's the first restaurant i'm opening uh there is you know i've already been on tv people when they walk into the restaurant they have a certain expectation of what to expect and uh and me being there i can deliver that expectations but not being there and remotely Um, You know, it was one of the biggest openings happening in Nashville. So naturally, we were busy. Naturally, you know, people were coming in. Uh, uh, Naturally, the team wasn't ready. Uh, I mean, or um, we were as ready as we could. But the experience that you get from being open for a couple of days and uh, and uh, you know, becoming a well-oiled machinery uh, that hadn't happened, we hadn't had the luxury of that. So I think those were the things which were very, very, um, uh, you know, which which worried me. That even before we had a fair chance of making a run at it, uh, are we are we going to fail? Right? Because we haven't had the opportunity. I haven't been there. Uh, to um, you know, to be there to to help with this entire process. My vision of how I wanted it to go is is just not happening. So that was my biggest worry. But you know, in the end of the day. Your team is what makes the place and we had and still have an absolutely incredible team who makes it possible for me to, you know, to continue filming, to open other places, to go to India. So I'm very, very, very grateful for the family that we have who is, uh, you know, running our restaurants.
0: Can you bring us back to when you first started doing work for the Food Network?
1: It started off... As competing on Iron Chef against Chef Morimoto, uh, and this was—I mean, you know—it's like uh, nowadays, you know, once you know you have a restaurant, you have to have a PR company. The PR company actually put uh, it put me up for that, and I went. And maybe there was something which clicked because right after that, I got a call to be on the next Iron Chef. Uh, I competed on that. Around that time, I was invited to be on uh, a guest judge on CHOP. This was, I think, the first or the second season. And the next season, I was invited to be a permanent judge on CHOP. So that was pretty much what the evolution was of, you know, getting into Food Network. Um, A lot of people, they ask me, they're like, how do we get into Food Network? And I'm like, just be good at what you're doing. Because there really isn't a formula as to how. It is just do do your best and people will notice you uh you know especially for the young kids out there right yeah. they're like oh we want to be a chef to be on tv i'm like ah, 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 no that's the wrong 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 reason just be good at what you're doing and then tv comes after you
0: when you think about tv who do you admire that does a good job with storytelling in the media
1: uh to me one of my favorite was anthony Bourdain. Like the way he used to go ahead and capture the essence of the country, of the people, of the food. You could literally feel that you're over there tasting the food. Um, And he had this like absolutely amazing wit about him, right? Like it was just this dry humor, which just made you like, you know, just crack a smile, no matter how intense that episode uh, was. But I do think that everybody who is on food TV at the present moment, who's doing well from, you know, uh, Guy Fieri to um, like Bobby Flay, they they both have their, they have their, um, you know, uh, the way They talk about food, the way the reverence they show to food and the people behind the food. Uh, You know, uh, Alex Kurnashali, she's doing such a great job. I mean, there is nobody out there who uh, at the present moment I'm not like in awe of because everybody has a certain set of, uh, you know, uh, the positivity of storytelling, which is very unique to them. And And I think, yeah, it's just it's incredible.
0: Do you remember when you found your voice?
1: Uh, I I think it was a couple of seasons into Chopped. I would, you know, okay, so I've, I've got to I've got to give credit where credit is due. due. Uh, I think we were competing on Chopped. We were, you know, one of the judges' episode, and um, you know, we as uh, I was competing, and uh, Scott was with me, and and Mark. And um, and, uh, and one of the judges asked that, Manith, why are you doing this? Why are you competing, right? And at that time, I'm like, you know, because ethnic food uh, in America still doesn't have that kind of reverence, which I think it deserves. And I have spent a lot of time thinking that I have the short end of the stick because ethnic food, right? Even though I've been trained with traditional like French or, you know, global cuisine, etc. So I, I went ahead and I said, I'm like, well, because I, I'm still trying to find my place because I still think that I'm at a disadvantage because I do, because I'm associated with making Indian food. And Scott turns to me and he says, wait, 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 wait. What we do, you can do. What you do, we can't do and i think that was a moment right there he's like the way you you can conjure all of these spices and make sense of it he's like we can't do that you can do it so you need to take a moment to to just pat yourself on your back and i think and i think that was the time that i started finding a lot more confidence in the fact that i don't need to don't need to hide behind the fact that you know that indian food is my um Is my forte. It's my strong point. I need to actually go ahead and celebrate it because for the longest time, I'm like, oh, you can make a bechamel. I can make a better bechamel than you. Right. But now if anybody is like, I I can't go and say, oh, I can make a vindaloo. Can you make a vindaloo better than me? So I I guess that's that was it. But I think in terms of finding your voice, I I don't think that um, I think it's a it's 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 a process that evolves, right? Because your voice changes with age, your voice changes with experience, your cho- your voice changes with conversations with people. So I think I am constantly evolving. I am constantly learning. I'll learn from this conversation that we are having together, right? That, that it's going to just make me a better, uh, a better person. and And I think that's what that's what makes life as exciting at, at you know and and to me food is the same it evolves it evolves with time your perception your viewpoint evolves
0: do you remember when you were contacted by disney
1: i do uh, it's actually our um uh, one of our um partners uh, at eat <laughs> um so Tom Eckert and I we go back 20 years we started working in Chicago together and then you know He went on his path. I went on my path. And then one day he's a lifelong Disney fan. Every year he's been to Disney. So he knows all the ins and outs of Disney. And uh, he and his family, and he lived in Chicago. So he and his family were driving back from Disney. They stopped in, like, you know, we reconnected. He stopped in Nashville and he was talking about Disney. And till that time I had never been to Disney. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, what are you so obsessed about? (laughs) Um, And then we started working together and, you know, um, uh, and Disney is something that he's been obsessed with. And he's like, chef, we need to open a place in Disney. I'm like, OK. And literally, I think he was he would send them emails on a regular basis. That hey, guys, we've got an incredible (laughs) Indian chef. So how about opening an Indian concept? In the meantime, Disney started doing a lot of surveys as to what was needed in Disney Springs. And one of the biggest demands was was Indian, and as soon as that happened, they put two and two together. They are like, you know what, Manith is a voice of Indian food in this country. Uh, she has a platform, so they approached us, and uh, and yeah, and now we are open in Disney Springs. Like,
0: were so you like, at the were you at the opening?
1: Uh, I was there at the. Uh, we did a ribbon cutting. Beautiful. Uh, I sipped some champagne. <laughs> um, it was just, yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's very exciting. Just to think of a kid growing up in this small town in India, which not many people had heard of, and you know, and wanting to be a chef, where being a chef was not an acceptable career, especially if you are a girl. To being invited to one of the largest companies in the world, be a part of it. It's, oh, I have goosebumps, not because it's snowing outside. It's just like that sense of, is it really happening? I need to pinch myself.
0: It's magical. When you look back on last year, is there something in particular that you didn't do because of fear?
1: No. I wish there were a lot of things that I did not do because of fear. I literally have that person who will jump in the deep end and then figure out how to swim. I love it. It's worked for me. You yes. know, I've got to tell you this really interesting. When I was at, um, I, I came to America to go to the CIA, which is the Culinary Institute of America. Um, this was 1999. Uh, Uh, You know, and emails had just started at that time. So I created my first email, which was a hotmail account. I still have it. I'll never let it go. And sitting in, you know, we used to have those computer rooms. I'm sitting over there. I'm setting it up. And in the signature, I wrote nothing ventured, nothing gained. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know why I came up with that mantra. I wrote that. Uh, it still is my signature. I have given, you know, TEDx talks about it. I've given, uh, you know, I've given talks about it in front, of th- in front of thousands of people because that has been my mantra. I have taken the road less traveled by um, because I believe that if I do not, you know, if I don't explore it, I would not know. So one of my biggest, uh, biggest positive points I think the biggest negative points is the same. It is say to say yes, yes, right? I say yes to anything and everything that comes along my way, as as long as I can physically do it, and it has led to some incredible opportunities. So, so yeah, uh, fear has never, uh, fear has never. Uh, n- stop me from doing things. At times, I wish that it would stop me from doing some stupid things, but hey, listen, uh, live life. That's what it's all about.
0: What brings you energy?
1: My love for life. My love for experiencing new things. My love to, my love for sharing what I'm experiencing, right? Like if there is something, uh, I am passionate about it's easy for me to talk about it. And, and yeah, that's what it is. And if you don't have passion in life, what's, you know, what's the goal of life. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's everything. It's and something new. And that's the fun part about our industry is that no two days are alike. Um, you know, it is very, uh, there are new people you meet every day. There are new things you do every day. And I think that's what just keeps me thriving.
0: What's the big dream? When you look back on this interview and we, we go on entrepreneur, and we look back and we go twenty twenty four it was snowing in Nashville, and you had how many restaurants do you have now uh three three, three restaurants, you have the cookbooks, you have the food network, you have all these things that you're doing. What is it going to look like in the next five years in the next ten years? Well, I
1: I hope, um, you know, the way we've set up eat, I hope that that is, you know, the idea is that it is uh, replicable. Uh, So um, I I really want to be uh, the voice of Indian food throughout America. Uh, I I do think that there is space for that. Uh, I have been I have been vocal about it, and getting a platform like Food Network really really helps to celebrate and to sing the glory of Indian food. It's one of you know one of the oldest cuisines out there, and uh, it it deserves uh, the due respect and and not that perception of eight ninety five all you can eat greasy buffets because that's not what true Indian food is. So uh, I hope that that is. what it is. I'm hoping that there are more books, there are more shows. Um, And I think the biggest thing is that, you know, that I enjoy the process, that it doesn't become cumbersome anytime. Like, I just continue enjoying this entire process.
0: Well, anybody that's listening, anybody that's watching this video, please join us on LinkedIn. We have an incredible digital hospitality community. It's a chance for you, the listener, you, the viewer, to come on stage and share your story. Um, you can send me a message at Sean P. Welchef. Uh, We also do a social shout out this week. Social shout out goes to India. Palace SD. So I'm in San Diego. This is my favorite Indian restaurant. Um, The family there, they approached me because they saw the stuff that we were doing for our barbecue restaurant. And I told them, you guys have to start posting more content, more videos on Instagram, more videos on TikTok. And if you go to their TikTok page, India Palace SD, they have almost a million likes. So they have 38,000 followers. Uh, They are creating amazing Indian food content of their restaurant, their family restaurant absolutely a shout out. Please give them a follow. Um, Chef Manit, please let me know who would you like to give a shout out to? One person from your team, from uh, from Morph Hospitality. I know, I know everyone wants to shout out everybody. I need one person. Oh, Recently, one
1: person. Oh, one person. that's so difficult. I One, I, one human. my god I can't Uh, one person oh I'm going to you're a troublemaker right (laughs)
0: of course I've got to be a troublemaker if I don't ask the tough questions
1: I am going to give a shout out to the Morph family Uh, Morph is our management company and everybody who works with us is uh, yeah I'm going to it's it's a shout out to each and every person because it's it's like you asking me who my favorite kid is yes and I cannot I cannot I cannot you can't favorites. pin me down i cannot choose favorites
0: so uh before i let you go we uh we believe in smartphone storytelling you are a master at the craft i want to learn ask you a couple questions to find out about your smartphone tricks and tips so are you an iphone user or an android user iphone which version
1: uh i think the latest version
0: the latest I'm version so do you, with
1: technology yes do you the always new phone up- comes, the few the new phone comes I go and get it That's Beautiful. What it's all about. That,
0: that works do you uh, do you always update your software
1: uh it's on automatic update okay. uh, but uh, yeah I mean when I'm like in if I'm in the general you know uh, in settings and I'm like if it needs updating yeah just go ahead and update it
0: do you prefer email or text
1: uh phone calls
0: <laughs> phone call <laughs> how many emails do you get a day
1: oh my god too many too many i have like i have three different email addresses so there are too many emails which come in all yeah in all and i am like i insist on being copied on each and every restaurant and <laughs> i want to know it all yeah i want yeah. to know it all yeah. Me
0: too. it didn't happen yeah. if i'm not copying on it it didn't happen i i know what yeah. you mean uh as far as do you prefer photos, taking photos or taking videos?
1: Both, I think. Oh. I think they both have a, a. There is an appropriate place for for both. Yeah.
0: For both, um, what's your favorite app?
1: I have a. Um, th- there is an app called Hyperlapse, mm-hmm. and basically, it fast forwards something. It's like a time lapse. And I really like that because I can make reels out of that. So I like, you know, because you know, like people's attention span is is short, including mine. So whenever I'm doing recipes, I just try to instead of like making it really long, just like you know, speeding it so it's easy to to, to talk about it. And then Instagram is my favorite app.
0: When are you I'm gonna? Add, more, more when, when are you when are you gonna share more on TikTok?
1: I know I need to get on TikTok. I'm you know what? I become a I become a um I become a slave to uh, to to something that I get committed to like like Instagram. It's like yep. no, I need content. I'll- I have to go to Old Delhi and get content. So my poor sister is going on a rickshaw because I need content. So um. I I'm, I'm afraid that that's what's going to happen with TikTok. Um so so far I've resisted. I've resisted the temptation of being on it.
0: Okay. Uh, And where do you listen to music?
1: I love uh, Bollywood music.
0: On which platform? Apple Music or Spotify or what?
1: Uh, On Spotify and on YouTube.
0: Spotify and YouTube. And what is your least favorite notification that you get?
1: I put all my notifications off. (laughs) All of them are off. Otherwise, it's so irritating. Oh, Yeah, I mean, uh, especially like WhatsApp, we've got all of these different groups, like school group, like uh, college group, post-grad group, like all of them. And then everybody, and especially... Everybody who's in India. So like there are times I used to get up in the the morning and there would be like 600 messages. And half of those messages were a heart on, on one photograph. And I'm like, I cannot deal with this. So yeah, so I've put off all notifications. I don't want to be notified.
0: Uh, don't notify me. That's fantastic. Well, I, I I, cannot thank you enough for your time. I can't wait to meet you and, and visit your restaurants one day. When I come to Nashville, if I go to Disney with the family, um, if you're ever in San Diego, please stop by. Um, we would we would love to to show you around, you and the family. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everything that you're doing. What's the best way for people to connect with you?
1: well instagram. Uh, instagram yes is what i'm most active at uh, so yeah send me a message you'll always get a response from me
0: well chef Manit, we uh we can't thank you enough You're a reason why we started this show and we can't wait to have incredible conversations like this you inspire us to to continue to to do this great work so thank you
1: you're very kind thank you so much
0: Want to give a special shout out again to Toast. Thank you for believing in the power of storytelling. Thank you for empowering restaurateurs with technology that will improve their business. Please share this show. It's the only way that we grow. Share the show with another restaurant owner, with another content creator, with someone in the hospitality space that wants to level up. We love people that are playing the game within the game. The best way to connect with me is at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W. W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. That's on Instagram. It's the quickest way to get me. Or you can find me on LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, all the platforms. We tell stories everywhere. We're weirdly available and we care about you. We care about your story. One day we'd love to feature you on Digital Hospitality, Restaurant Influencers, Family Style, or any of the content that we do. Please connect with us and share and subscribe. Thanks.